This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message, Already in Progress. Well, let's get right into the Word of God today. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Psalm 66. Psalm 66, and we're going to read verses 8 through 12. Psalm 66, verses 8 through 12. Oh, bless our God, you peoples, and make the voice of His praise to be heard, who keeps our soul among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net, You laid affliction on our backs, and you have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word today. We pray, Father, that you would speak to us through your word, that you would open our eyes, that we might behold wondrous things out of your law. Father, we pray that the Word of God would allow us to see Jesus, and in seeing Him, we would believe on Him, and in believing on Him, we would be saved. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen, amen, and amen. Well, as we get into the Word of God, there are two disclaimers I need to make. Number one, uh, the, the foundation of this message is actually a message that I heard a number of years ago by Pastor Keith Battle. It was entitled, Trusting the Process. Trusting the Process. And he preaches through Psalm 66, verses 8 through 12. And it ministered to me in such a a powerful way, I thought that I would share that same message. I've I've, kind of used a part of his outline but but the way I've tailored it is a little bit different, but it comes from Pastor Keith Battle's message, Trusting the Process. The other thing I'd like to share with you is that I've preached this message before at Harvest a few years ago, and uh, I titled it something different. I taught, titled it Under Construction, I believe uh, it was it was called. But I felt a a, a desire. It's one of those times, like with Reverend Ron, where he has shared that he had plans on preaching a passage and then got up uh, to, to begin preaching it or to prepare it. And the Lord said, no, I want you to preach something else. I'm not real sure who this is for today. The Lord directed me to this message because I think the principles are so important. And I think we need to be reminded. You know, the preach word and sermons can be much like good songs. Songs that you hear over and over again. And it doesn't matter how many times you hear it, it ministers to you each time. Well, this is a passage of Scripture for me that brings me back to a place of, of knowing where I am and knowing what my foundation is and knowing what my course is and knowing what, what God is doing in my life. 
Because with this pandemic and with all that has gone on, many of us are like prize fighters who have taken a haymaker punch. And, and we're still standing, but we're just a little woozy. And we've got to get our bearings back. So the rest of our message, I want to talk a little bit about God as our defender, God as our developer, and God as our deliverer, and that being the context in which He allows us to grow. So, point number one, God our defender. Look down at verses 8 and 9. Oh, bless our God, you peoples, and make the voice of His praise to be heard, who keeps our soul among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. I want you to see in verse 8, he says, Oh, bless our God. You see, God is our God. He is a comprehensive God. He is the God of the peoples. Yes, He is individual, our individual God, and yes, we know Him personally, but don't ever forget that God views us as a people as well. He, he is our God. No, uh, we're, we're not in the same boat, <laughs> but we are in the same storm, and we are His people, and He takes care of us in the midst of this storm. He is our God, and that bids relationship. But not only that, it says, and make the voice of His praise to be heard. It says, make the voice of His praise. That means praise means that we need to open our mouths. There is no silent praise. You have to open your mouth. And notice what He says. He says, and make the voice of His praise to be heard. The praise to be heard means that it needs to be loud enough to be heard. His praise needs to be loud. I think we need to increase the volume of His praise. I think we need to call His titles. I think we need to call His name. I think we need to magnify the Lord and make Him big. And what He is doing here, the psalmist is saying, make the voice of His praise to be heard. It needs to be loud. Well, why? Because verse 9 says, He keeps our soul among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. Newsflash. The uh, alarm clock didn't wake you up this morning. God did. You take an alarm clock out to uh, uh, the cemetery and nobody's going to get up because there's no life. No, the alarm clock didn't give you up, get you up. God brought you up and He has kept us in the land of the living. In Him we move and live and have our very being. The breath of life that He has given us is in us because He placed it there. And men and women, this psalmist knew that really, really well. In verses 1 through 4, he says, Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say to God, How awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praises to you. They shall sing praises to your name. Men and women, God is our defender, and because God is our defender, we owe Him praise. 
Men and women, we got to praise Him because He is due our praise. And, and every single day, we're in a position to praise Him because He is our defender or to praise Him because He is our developer. He is our developer. Look at verses 10 through 12. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You've brought us into the net. You've laid affliction on our bats, backs. You've caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water. You'll notice six things that God does to develop His people. Six things that God does to develop me, to develop you. You will find this through the rest of our lives. It is, it is what He uses to sanctify us, to set us apart, to make us holy, and to make us look more and more like the Lord Jesus. Six things in verses 10 through 12. Number one, the Lord says, Oh God, you have tested us. God tests us. He tests us. And He tests us not so that we'll fail. He tests us so that we'll improve. So that we will pass the test. So that we will grow. So that we will be mature. Men and women, it could be that the difficulty you and I are going through is just a test. So that we will have a test demony. Men and women, our test just proves our testimony, just makes our testimony. But not only that, it says you've refined us as silver is refined. Well, coal uh, is, is, is in a coal mine and, and, and you draw it out, it becomes a diamond. That precious metal needs to be refined and put in the fire in order to become silver. In order to become gold, there is pressure. In order to become uh, silver, there is heat. And men and women, some of us are in the heat right now. Some of us need to be cleansed uh, and then put in the fire. It could be that that's what we're going through right now and it's uncomfortable. But God wants us to shine. God wants us to be refined as silver is refined. And men and women... You know how God knows when that silver is ready? He knows because the refiner looks for his own reflection in the silver. You see, God is refining you because he wants to see a reflection of himself in you. He wants you to look more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's got to burn off all the fake off of us. He's got to burn off the sin. He's got to burn off the unrighteousness. He's got to burn off the bad attitudes. He's got to burn off the phoniness. He's got to burn off all the fake so that he can see Jesus. And it's not comfortable. But not only does he test us and refine us, it says he brought us into the net. It is a picture of how they would catch animals. They would lay traps for them and put them in the net. Those animals wouldn't go willingly, willingly, but they'd get caught. And one of the reasons why God catches you and catches me is because He wants to do business with us. I remember talking to a young man whose parents called me because he had some videos in his closet that he shouldn't have had. And I sat down on the bed and talked to this young man and told him, You do know why you got caught, don't you? He said, yeah, because mama was snooping around in my closet. I said, no, you didn't get caught because your mama was snooping around. You got caught because God wanted you to get caught. God, God is claiming you as his own. 
And He's not going to let His children get away with just anything. And so He puts us in this net so that He can do business with us. And the Scripture says that God brought us into the net. And then it says He laid affliction on our backs. You see, God shouts to us in pain. It's like His megaphone, uh, uh, one theologian said. And men and women, when God lays affliction on us, don't fight. Because God is growing us. God is developing us. God is making us strong. God is making us better when He lays affliction on us. And notice it says, You have caused men to ride over our heads. And we went through the fire and we went through the water. You've caused men to ride over our heads. It's a picture of how the enemy would ride over the heads of the Israeli army when they were in defeat. And he's saying, you have caused those men to ride over us. We have learned through our defeat more than we have learned in our victory. And you caused that, Lord. It wasn't the enemy. It wasn't the devil. You caused men to, to afflict us on our backs and cause men to ride over our heads. And then it says, we went through the fire and through the water. It says, we couldn't find any comfort anywhere. We didn't want to go through the fire. We went through the fire and wouldn't you know it, we jumped out of the fire right into the water. It is because God wanted to develop His people. Men and women, let me say this and I want to be really, really clear. I know this point is going to be longer than the others because it is the picture of growth and how God wants to grow us. It could be that the discomfort that you have in your life God brought it. God has a purpose and a plan for it. God is allowing you to go through this hardship. God is allowing you to go through this trouble. God is allowing you to go through this difficulty because that is the only thing that He can use to cause you to grow. You're not going to grow on your own. You're not going to grow left to your, left to your own devices. You're not going to grow in the midst of comfort. You will grow when you have to stress and strain. You will grow when you have to be stretched. You will grow when, when, when you have to go beyond what you think you can go. Uh, you will grow when, when you are tested and you're tried. Trials will make you grow. Comfort won't. And it could be that God is doing exactly what He wants to do in your life and He's telling you, stop fighting it. These animals, when they got caught in the net, the more they fought, the more they'd be entangled. And men and women, God has a plan for us. As we move into in-person worship services next week, God has a plan for us. No, it's not going to be comfortable. No, it's not going to be refined. No, we may have some hiccups to start with. Yes, it, 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 it won't work out perfect, and I know that. But it's going to be okay, because God is growing us. Well, coming back to, to worship, we may lose some folks. And, and I hate losing folks. It breaks my heart. But God has a plan for us. And men and women, as long as we fight God's plan, He'll keep us in the net. Mm, that's a word. As long as we fight God's plan, we will not grow. 
As long as we keep fighting and resisting, He will not be able to do what He wants to do in our lives. The longer we fight, the longer the process. The more He has to clean off of us to refine us as silver, the longer it's going to take. But notice, not only is God our defender, and not only is God our developer, but God is also our deliverer. Notice in verse 12, after he talks about all that, that God does, he says in verse, at the end of verse 12, but you, but you brought us out into rich fulfillment, but you delivered us, but you delivered us from the test, but you delivered us from the affliction, but you delivered us from the fire, but you delivered us from 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 them uh, 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 trampling over us, our heads. But you delivered us from that financial bondage we were in. But you delivered us from the bad relationships and broken relationships that we've had in the last few months or the last few years. But you delivered us from hardship. But you ironed out that detail. But you caused that big mountain that we thought we couldn't climb to become low. But you took that low place and you raised it up on high. But you created the understanding between me and my spouse. But you brought together me and my child. But you caused my my parent to begin to understand me and, and to empathize and sympathize with me. But you allowed my co-workers and my supervisors to act like they're supposed to act. But you, you did that because God is a deliverer and He specializes in delivering His people. But men and women, we've got to go through the process. Men and women, we've got to look to Him. Men and women, we've got to learn from Him. Men and women, we've got to love Him as our Savior and our Lord. Men and women, I just want to remind you that God delivered David from Goliath and from King Saul. That God delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. That God delivered Daniel from the lion's den. That God delivered the Hebrew boys from the fiery furnace. That God delivered His people over and over and over and over. And Jesus is our deliverer. Jesus delivered that married couple from having a bland and, 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 and middle of the road life by turning water into wine. God delivered that nobleman from having uh, either a sick child or a deceased child by saying he is healed. God delivered that man who was lame for 38 years by giving new strength into his legs. God delivered a hungry crowd by feeding 5,000. God delivered a group of men and, 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 and women who followed Him and turned to them and said, I am the bread of life. God delivered a man who was born blind by putting sight in his eyes. God delivered Lazarus from the grave by saying, Lazarus, come out. God delivered His disciples in the midst of the storm by saying, Peace, be still. God can deliver you in your situation. God can deliver me in my situation. God is a deliverer. He's a defender. He's a developer. And He's a deliverer. 
God can make our situations new. We've got to trust Him today. Trust Him in your situation. Trust Him for what you need. Trust Him for what you want. Trust Him. Call upon Him. Pray to Him. Put your confidence in Him. Some of us are going through all kinds of difficulty today. Some of it, it is because of our own doing. Some of it, some of it is because God is developing us. In either case, I would bid you to trust Him as your deliverer. Trust Him to do a work in your life. Trust Him to come through. And men and women, He will. I remember years ago, I was a young man looking for love in all the wrong places. I was a young man who was empty, trying to fill my life with all kinds of things. Trying to fill my life with alcohol. Trying to fill my life with promiscuity trying to fill my life going from one place to another. But I remember God met me when I was in college, on a college campus. And there was a young man that gave me the words of eternal life. He said that Jesus saves. He said that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins. He said that Jesus Christ was God's only provision for man's sin. And then he made it personal. He said, Behold, Jesus stands at the door of your life and He knocks. He says, If anyone would hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. And He personalized it. He said, He's knocking at the door of your life. If you hear His voice and you open the door, He will come in. And men and women, I remember that I was so lonely. I remember that I was so empty. I remember that I was so bewildered. I remembered that I was so troubled, 2,000 miles away from home, 2,000 miles away from family, 2,000 miles away from anyone who, who really knew me. But I could hear the voice of Jesus saying, I know you, and I know what you need. And I remember bowing my head and inviting Jesus Christ to come into my life as my Savior and my Lord. I prayed a prayer, and it wasn't a magical prayer. But I prayed the prayer of faith. And I said, Lord, come into my life. I've tried everything else. I want to try you. I've heard about what you can do in people's lives. I want you to do that in my life. I prayed that prayer. My life didn't change instantaneously. But over the days, over the weeks, over the months, God developed me. God helped me to get to know him. God helped me to get to, to, to learn to, to, to pursue a relationship with Him. God helped me know that it wasn't about religion. It was about relationship. God helped me to know Jesus for myself. And my life has never been the same. If there's a person under the sound of my voice that needs to receive Jesus today as your Savior and Lord, you can simply invite Him into your life by praying, Lord Jesus, I need You. Thank You for dying on the cross for my sins. I now open the door of my life and receive You as my Savior and Lord. Thank You for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life and make me the kind of person You want me to be. In Jesus' name, Amen. Men and women, God wants to be your defender, your developer, and your deliverer.
Trust Him for that. Trust Him to work in your life. Trust Him in your trials and your tribulations. In Jesus' name, Amen. We are more than...